This is On the Block with Stricken Nate. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. And hokey homer turned Husker, Nathan Brennan. Everyone knows that I'm the smartest person here. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Nate. It's a bit of a weird week here on the block and just in general, uh, I suppose, for Nebraska football as we get ready for a Friday night game. Uh, and uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Of course, Nebraska coming off the big win against Indiana. Uh, they've broken a streak of nine straight losses to FBS teams. Uh, Evan Blaine mentioned a little bit earlier, Rutgers working on a streak of their own. Strick, I don't know if you can believe this, but uh, it is it is the case. Rutgers has not won a home Big Ten conference game the whole time Scott Frost was here. They haven't won since 2017 when Bill Bush was a defensive coordinator there uh, in Piscataway. So they're looking to break a streak of their own. Uh, the, the the Scott Frost. Look at the irony. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bill Bush coming back when he was the last one. <laughs> That's irony, right? Now yeah. he's trying to keep the streak going and trying to do something uniquely different there. It's just crazy because I thought that, you know, with Scott Frost, it was like, man, how could any Big Ten team have a, have a worse record during that time? Rutgers – has been through it when you look back at it. And, and, you know, I remember that, but it's like, I guess it's just kind of what you expect from Rutgers. Um, They've only had a total of four conference wins uh, since 2017 as well. Uh, Nebraska hasn't won 11 during that time. So um, it's, uh, it's tough going up there. Uh, in Rutgers, and of course, part of that was Chris Ash. His last two years there, they won a total of three games, uh, one in one season and two in the next. Greg Shiano looking to revive that program, but um, it's not going as swimmingly as maybe he expected it now in year three of the rebuild. Um, some of the, the local reporters up there, reports up there saying this is a must-win game for Greg Shiano and Rutgers if they're going to get if they're going to salvage the season if they're going to get anything going this year um, and it's kind of interesting when you read through the articles too the way, way that Nebraska is viewed um, there are mentions of the throwback Nebraska the uh, the blue blood Nebraska and all the kind of the, the memories that go in when you say Nebraska football but it's uh, it's kind of looking at the season total stats throwing them out there they don't look good one game against Indiana with some pretty good stats does not fix your season total stats so uh, very much looked at as a, uh, a a game where, you know, if you look from the outside, Nebraska lost their coach. I mean, all this stuff looks like, you know, is just in, in a pretty dark place as a program. Meanwhile, us here in Lincoln, we're starting to celebrate. We're like, hey, there's a new hope. There's a new, you know. Um, so it's just kind of interesting the way that that looks. Uh, we want to hear from you, and we'll hear from Strick here in a second. Who has more of the must-win feel to it this week? Is it Nebraska and Mickey Joseph, or is it Rutgers and Greg Schiano? Big Red Base uh, mentions here um, it's a must-win for both. Pressure on Schiano in year three and pressure for Nebraska to dig themselves out of this hole with the most momentum we've had in a long time now that we have Mickey. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 clearly it is both, but it, that's why we're asking. You just got to pick a side here. Uh, Strick, if you had to pick a side, who do you think has more pressure? We heard Evan Bland earlier say you might have to lean with Rutgers because it's year three there, um, but it certainly is interesting for both sides. Well, of course, you, you have to lean with Rutgers. I mean, being that they're at home as well, this streak 
is is one of the monkeys that sits on their 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 shoulders you know what i mean and then they're, they're, that's on their back and uh it's one of the hard things that they have to break through that they have yet to do right now you've got a you've got a team that's coming in that hasn't won back-to-back big 10 games in probably about the same year in which they haven't won a a home big 10 uh, game you're looking back to that that time so you've got a lot of pieces that are on the table that are kind of uh, it's making it um, uh, kind of interesting all around the board. But I, I, I would say it was Rutgers, but I also say that Nebraska has to be looking at it from, from, from a win every game, improve every game, as I said yesterday and also Bland said, Evan Bland said just previous to uh, this 3 o'clock, se- uh, I mean this uh, uh, 2 o'clock, I mean 3 o'clock segment, You've got to basically build on what you've just done. You can't you can't start thinking you're better than anybody. You can't look at the fact that you've been a blue blood program for a long 30 some years. You can't look at the fact that, you know, you won a good game, as you said and alluded to, that you had good stats and you had good showing. No, sir. We've got to build on that with this is an opportunity to keep your foot on the gas pedal and you leave them in your rearview mirror you have to look at it from that standpoint you got to keep your foot on the gas pedal you can't let up everybody's got to be held accountable everybody's going to go in there focus anything less than that is a disappointment as far as i'm concerned yeah it, it's fascinating we'll have some response here on the on the text line too sorry i mean text line 402-464-5685-4037 says uh if joseph wants to take over the head coaching job full-time this is a must win in that standpoint and that's kind of where i kind of think about this as as a must win on nebraska's side now obviously if he's able to if he loses this game and then beats michigan and wisconsin and iowa at the end of the year and they go to a bowl game and win the west and all that then then yes but in, in as far as like rational logical thinking which sometimes College football, <laughs> it surprises you. It doesn't go that way, um, sports in general. But uh, from logical thinking, that's kind of where I'm, I'm kind of thinking of it for Mickey, too. And I said this before the Indiana game. Um, these are the opportunities. And, and like you were saying, to build uh, confidence in these guys and, and, and get some momentum rolling. Now, there is a possibility, again, like I just said, you lose this game, you make up for it with the game down the line, and Mickey still has the opportunity um, to get the head coaching job. But um, more likely than not, these are the type of games that Nebraska fans want to see one, um, which, you know, you want to win all of them, but especially the ones you're supposed to win. And, and Rutgers, you know, they're at home. Um, again, program-wise, Nebraska might be a little bit better even in the last five-year slump than Rutgers has been. This is this is a game that Nebraska is supposed to win, and under Frost, it just didn't happen enough, though they did beat them in 2020 at the end of the year as well um, under Frost. So it is it is kind of interesting. I, I feel uh, certainly what that texter says is that if Joseph wants the, wants the job, this is going to be big. So for the Joseph supporters um, that want him to see to get this full-time job, I think this one, you, you've got to win this one. Uh, Huffy says, we have the pressure because we're Nebraska. We're trying to get back to somewhat normalcy around here. We are far from it but eyes are always honest in what we're doing and when we'll get back to the good old days um i think that that's probably a little bit true too strict i think that's i think that's fair and i think you have to really you just have to look at this four game stretch as like lego building blocks right you, you you've got something you're trying to create but there's something you've got to lay in order to build the lego set to get to the the picture that you're trying to paint right this four game stretch 
is an opportunity for progressive growth in your program, right? Indiana team coming in with a, you know, solid record, hadn't really played anybody, didn't do anything particularly well. You had to do what you were supposed to do, both on the defensive side and the offensive side, because if you could do what you did on the offensive side, that's success because they were pretty good defensively, right? You've showed success there. This is a game where you have a program that's down, struggling, coach on a hot seat, going to come out and play hard. They're at home. Can you overcome that and not have a, a, a post-game emotional dump slump, right? That's, that's what this is going to tell you. Then you've got a couple revenge factor games. You owe Illinois something. Oh, yeah. They came in and beat you in your home and took one away from you uh, in a back-to-back. You owe them something. Now you've got revenge game. Then you've got Purdue that's doing you the same way, and you want to stick it to them, right? Before you get to Minnesota and before you get to the Iowa, Wisconsin's, and the Michigans. That's why I think each of these games collectively, individually, are part of a growth process as if like building Lego blocks. Yeah, I, I think I mean I can see that I can follow that along, and if they get building, um, it it kind of progressively works their way into more of a difficult level. Yeah. on and on. Yeah. Although at the end, I, I will say this: I don't think Wisconsin or Iowa are the are the Big Ten. I mean, the Big Ten West is wide open. They might still win it. Big Ten yes. West Kings might continue, but they don't. They might not be as impressive. That's why I think that this Rutgers game is the last like can't lose on Mickey Joseph resume along the way to trying to get the job. I think if you like, I understand Illinois is not a power, but Illinois just got Paul Chris fired. I mean, Illinois has a, a top 10 defense, uh, the nation's leading rusher. Brett yeah. Bielema's got them going. I don't see that as like, if you lose to Illinois, you can't make up for yeah. it. Yeah. 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 But, but here's what's crazy, right? If you can win these three, have a tough one at Illinois, maybe, maybe be able to pull it out. Okay. But you beat, or do something well against Minnesota, you split either one of the Wisconsin. You've got to beat one of those. If you want this coaching job, you've got to win one of those games against in Iowa or Wisconsin. I think that's a period. You've got to just say you're going to go up to Michigan and possibly lose that. Not unless you go in there hot. You win these four games, you beat Minnesota. I mean, and you just really run in the table where you're going in there with such high confidence, so much more than even when you walked into the Oklahoma game, right? Now, I'm not saying that's the case, but I'm saying if Mickey wants to win it, I think these four games are important because that puts you to where you're just not feeling like you have to have both Iowa and Wisconsin, right? I think I think a split between Minnesota and, uh, and Michigan are important too. I think that helps to get him the job. He beats Minnesota or Michigan and beats one of the Wisconsins, and even if he loses to Illinois, I think he could get the job. Well, I think we saw too. If you if you saw kind of the post game stuff, Trev was all up in there, involved in a lot of that stuff, giving the game ball, dapping some of the players on the sidelines. Um, you know, I think it's very, uh, you know, not to say that 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 Trev is um, necessarily going to get caught up in the emotion or anything of all of this, um, because he's just happy for the players. I mean, and my God, we all are, because it's been so tough for them to kind of get over this mental hurdle, and hopefully they're over it. Hopefully, with the new voice in the room, um, you. You know, it's, it feels like the coaching staff is closer. It feels like the team is, is finally over that mental hurdle uh, and, and and hopefully can get rolling here. Um, but I still find it kind of interesting. I, I know there's different thoughts about it. If, if 
you know, Mickey will be the favorite uh, if he wins this this Saturday. Will or this Friday? Excuse me. Will he be the favorite for the job? Um, you know, I, I I still think there's a lot to do um, past that, and 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 he's going to get his opportunity. But that's kind of what I like to hear from you know Mark Whipple and, and some of those guys at the press conference these last couple of days. Is it's not you know well we hope to win three, and then if we win three, that's a pretty good job compared to where we took over. It's like the realization is you can't just kind of do solid or do a little bit better than Scott Frost. Nebraska shouldn't be looking to do a little bit better than Scott Frost. This next move is going to, whatever it is, is going to affect three or four years down the line. You want to get back up into competing for championships. You want to get, I know it's a long way and you got to take those building blocks like you were saying before, but it can't just be, uh, you know, small steps at a time, especially right. in this, this era where you are trying to impress. He has to impress uh, like o over what Trev Alberts was expecting probably to get the job. Yeah, I agree. And I tweeted, I tweeted something. Uh, I want to say it was either last night or this morning. Uh, there was a wonderful, wonderful video that was put out. Um, I don't know who did that video. Maybe it was, it was internally with the Huskers. It just showed all of the energy, the emotion, the back conversations, uh, the discussions on field, the different plays that was, you know, showing that they were making plays and energy and gang tackling. And just you saw all this stuff happening. And then you saw the joy of that team coming together at the end with, with uh, after Trev gave them the game ball and just how they celebrate. That, and, and my tweet was, restore and return to glory. I said, that was a beautiful sight. We haven't seen that sight in a long time. And so my hope, is that they use that, as I just spoke of, as building blocks to start that process heading back in that direction. I don't know if we'll ever get back to that time. I'm not going to say that's going to be case, but I, I, be the case, but I would venture to say that it's good to see the joy, the happiness, the unification of that group and not looking like a bunch of individuals out there. Yeah, and I, and I think Nebraska, and I've said it for a long time, the slump, the longer the slump goes on, maybe the more uh, crow I, I have to eat. But at, at the same time, I just think the care factor is too high in Nebraska. We all know about the geographical recruiting problems or all that, but the NIL stuff I think is going to help out with that. I just think there's there's too much of a care factor in Nebraska for them not to return to eventually be uh, one of the best programs in the nation. Whether that that means you know winning three national titles in four years, you know, probably not because I, I, there's dominant programs all over the nation that haven't done that. Yeah. That's a very difficult task to add, ask for. But I want to throw something. I want to throw something at you, Bach, because, um, you know, I've talked to Nate about it, but I want to throw it at you. And, and one of the things that it seemed to me was my metaphor for it was it seemed as if the shackles were taking off. It seems as like if whatever it is, like, for example, in basketball, if you have a tightness and I told the story, and, and, and I don't know if you were here when I told it, but I think I might have told it on the block with, with Nate. When, 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 when Steve Nash was my backup, when I was with the Mavericks, mm -hmm. it was a type of shackles that was on him when he came off the bench, right? There was expectation for him to come in and be that guy. There was all types of things that um, the trade was made for because they wanted Steve to become who he ultimately became. But one of the things that held him back is it felt like there were shackles attached to him, that he felt like tight. He felt like he couldn't make a play or he couldn't make a pass. Or if he did something wrong, he was looking over his shoulder, wondering if Strick was coming at him, right? 
that was something that I felt like the, the Huskers team had taken off of them as well. I don't know if it was the pressure of Scott Frost and, and, and whether or not he was going to be retained or if he's going to be kept or what the situations or what it's going to look like for them in another year. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was Frost over Whipple hovering over him, maybe containing, you know, monitoring whatever moves he's making. But it seemed like Whipple had some freedom. It seemed like the Casey Thompson wasn't thinking. He was just seeing, reading, boom, hitting it. It just seemed like a lot of that stuff was going on. It was a lot of freedom. It seemed like the linemen were just, you know, getting off, hitting plays. You know, it just seemed like a lot of that was going on, especially on the defense as well. I don't know. I want to throw that at you. What did you see? And do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's a very good point because I, I think, too, that probably played into Trev's, uh, Trev Albert's, uh, you know, a factor in Trev Albert's decision there to let Scott Frost go when he did um, because it was like, you know, if, if you waited till October 1st and who knows where we are, maybe, you know, you probably still lose to Oklahoma, maybe you lose to, to, to Indiana, and then you're kind of buried. I mean, if, if you do, if Frost is waiting that long and then there's just kind of negative vibes around the locker room and everybody's just kind of knows yeah. what it is, then you probably you may maybe you don't go out there and get that Indiana win whereas opposed to just that one single win now brings you back into not only bowl contention uh but the Big Ten West race and so I think that there there probably was you know part of that 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 had to lead to the decision was you know this season's not lost the Scott Frost tenure after the Georgia Southern thing Seems a little bit lost. You kind of know where it's going, but if you can put get a new voice in there, which I think all, all, part of the idea all along was, you know, with bringing those guys in, was hey, we might have to bail on this thing early because you know it, it just hasn't gone too well. Is let's give these guys an opportunity, and you know it's hard to tell if that was the case against Oklahoma. Um, you know, obviously the the first quarter or first few possessions went okay, and then that game got busted open, and, and you know that's a lot to ask of Mickey Joseph or anybody to take over and, and get that done in six days or whatever it was, but, um, you know, I, I do feel like there's a little bit more of a freedom, more of a bit of, of a, a togetherness and an excitement uh, in the locker room and in around Memorial Stadium um, because of, like, what you're saying. There's, there's no, over you know, looking over your shoulder and thinking, is this the day that we get our coach fired, you know? And and so mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of interesting that, you know, usually if that happens – that's a bad season. It, it, you know, you, you, things didn't go according to plan. But because of the way Nebraska has kind of, uh, you know, done this by getting out in front of it and giving this uh, new staff uh, an opportunity, it's like the season's not lost. And so they can still look back on the season when they're done. And if they get the things done that they need to, um, be very proud. Not only could they potentially, you know, turn it around and get to a bowl game or whatever, they could be the reason that the next coach is the coach at the University of Nebraska. That's that's a lot to look up to. So, um, you know, I think that pressure of Scott Frost and, and more than anything, like like Evan Bland was saying, maybe it's just a different voice in the room or whatever it is, but I can't imagine listening to Scott Frost for five years telling me if I'm in that locker room, hey, we're close. We just this or that. And then repeatedly have him make a coaching error or a mistake in each game uh, that gets you, you know, seemingly further away. Um, and, and then still the same thing. Hey, guys, we're close. You just got to stick with us. You can only hear that so much, right? I mean, eventually you're just like, yeah, we've heard that before. And it's not, you know, it's not turning the corner. And, you know, with this new voice in here, it's not we're close. It's, hey, we need to work. Let's put in the work because we have the talent, but if, and if we can put this thing together, we can have a good season. It, it's, it's asking for more instead of saying we're almost there. 
Yeah, absolutely, Buck. And uh, it, it, it's um, it's that those type of shifts, and it goes back to what Evan said. I mean, I could totally agree with what he said. Um, you know, there were things probably my dad told me about my game or told me about something I was doing. Um, he addressed me sometimes, I remember as a young man, way harsher than he dealt with some of the other guys. And you don't realize that until later that you come to realize that he loves you. He wants the most out of you. And I think sometimes that head voice, like you can only see it in certain silos, right? Mickey can maybe address it when he was in, in other guys. But when you release your team to become extended arms of you, right? Every head coach should have every assistant become an assistant a basic extended arm of you. And if you're in basketball, your point guard should also be an extended arm of you because he should understand what you want, what you're trying to accomplish, what the goal is and what the game plan is. All of those things are, should be encompassed in, in that process. And I think that's what we're just starting to see. I really think that those communication avenues have been opened up and have opened the door for them to be heard in a different manner, uh, in a different tone, in a, in a in a different way than they had heard it before and it's and it's causing them to respond hopefully we'll see a continuation of that that's what i'm looking for in this illinois game i'm looking for the continuation of being able to receive respond react and then put in the work to get the job done yeah, it'll be a fascinating one. I can't wait for Friday Night Lights. Uh, Nebraska traveling to Piscataway and, uh, and and hopefully getting the win and continuing this momentum and giving us something to, to continue to talk about because, man, is there a difference between 3-3 three and three and 2-4 and four in this case, especially 3-3 three and three and winning your last two games. Uh, and it would be obviously 2-1 and one as a coach for Mickey. So uh, we will uh, we'll take a quick break here on the block. When we come back, uh, we did tease this, so I did want to get to it. A few publications have their top teams of of all time, where is 1995 Nebraska? And sometimes get lost, where's 1971 Nebraska? Also highly regarded as one of the best teams of all time. We'll let you know where they rank, and I'll let you know why they should be ranked higher and why they would win the head-to-head -head matchup with the most talented team of all time. We'll do that coming up next here on The Block on 93.7 The Ticket.